everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Husky Talk. We are your hosts, Amaya and Randy. Please welcome our guest from Addison, Illinois, Charlie Benya. What is up, Charlie? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. We are very excited to talk to you. Okay, I'm excited to uh, be in this interview with you, with you guys and uh, answer whatever questions you guys may have. Before we start our interview with you, we are going to test your Iditarod knowledge. We have five Iditarod trivia questions for you. Ready? Yes. Who was the first female champion for the Iditarod? Libby Riddle. Correct. What is the halfway checkpoint for the northern route? Ooh, um, I'm going to say northern route. Jeez, you got me on that one. Um, I've been on the northern route in a couple of years. Uh, I would say Ruby. No, it's Cripple. It's a Cripple? Okay. Sounds fun. <laughs> How many minutes apart do the mushers start? Two minutes interval. Correct. What was used for the very first finish line? What was what was it again? What was used for the very first finish line? Um the burl arch. It's Kool-Aid. Okay. <laughs> Who has the fastest finish time? Ooh, um, I believe it's one of the seasons. Um, I'm going to say Dallas. No, but good try. It was Mitch CV. Is it? Okay. Do you guys know what year? Miss Montgomery does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it was maybe 16, maybe. I'm not sure. I think it was the year, I think it was the Fairbanks, one of the Fairbanks years. You know what, I think you are right, yeah. Yeah. Because I know the Fairbanks one is pretty easy. I think it's, it's well, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's right. easier. Right. And um, I think uh, it might be a little bit shorter on mileage, too, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. You got two out of five. Now to learn a little bit more about you. First, tell us a little about about yourself. All right. Um, I am originally from Addison, Illinois, and I'm probably about three hours um, east of you guys. I know I came out a couple years ago um, out to your school, and uh, I pretty much lived there my whole life, and I do landscaping in the summertime, and then I come up here to Kinnick, Alaska, and I run dogs um, for the winter months when we do have them, which has been pretty mild lately, but um, it seems like we're getting more snow in Chicago. And uh, I own and operate a landscape company down there for the last 30 years, and uh, I absolutely like doing um, flood dog training and running into the races and and participating in Iditarod. And unfortunately, this year, I'm not going to be in Iditarod. We're going to um, concentrate on some two and 300 mile races and just today, I'm maybe considering maybe the Bear Grease race, which happens up in Duluth. Uh, so I'm kind of thinking about that one, maybe. So that's pretty much about me. I, my hobbies are basically just dogs. Um, nothing really 
too spectacular other than um, just working and working with dogs. What inspired you to get involved with the sled dogs? Uh, what inspired me was when I first came up, I believe it was in 2006, I, I first came up to actually witness I did a ride. And I, I would say what inspired me was seeing how happy the dogs are, see how excited they are to run, and a lot of the other mushers. Um, since I am a type 1 diabetic, uh, I would say Bruce Linton had a lot to do with inspiring me because he ran the race being um, on an insulin pump and diabetic. And never in a million years would I ever thought I'd actually take place in one or two, three, five, or whatnot. And uh, so I figured, you know what, if, if he can do it and I can manage my health a little bit better than I should be um, on racing, I, I think I could give a go at it. And so I just pretty much uh, pressured myself a lot to 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 get to the, the starting line and make things work out. So I found a, a system that would work. And uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing what takes place of the training and, and during the trail, be, being on the trail and seeing all the checkpoints and the volunteers and everybody and then get to the finish line. It's, it's a big uh, achievement for me. We know you have type 1 diabetes. This month is Diabetes Awareness Month. Can you tell us how your life has changed since you got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes? Sure. Um, about 20 years ago is when I was diagnosed, and it was in, shortly after my, my birthday um, in July. And it was a big letdown because I knew nothing about diabetes. Um, obviously, I didn't know much about it because it never ran in my family. I really didn't know anybody who had it. So it was a, a big learning lesson for me to find out what it was uh, and then how I have to adapt. Went through several years of just being, I wouldn't say being depressed, but trying to not let other people know I had it because I didn't want to be treated different. And finally, visiting with several doctors and finding the right ones, um, basically just realized that, you know, I'm the only one that can control my disease. I'm the only one that can, you know, want to take that first step and, and just live an everyday normal life as long as I take care of myself. And that's pretty much um, got that little fire started underneath, me, started underneath me to get motivated. And I think the dogs really uh, played a huge role in this because it gives me something to look forward to as far as, like, taking care of the dogs. So if I can't take care of myself, you know, who's going to take care of my dog? So I, I would say the dogs have a, a huge part of this, um, wanting to take care of myself better each and every day. Uh, they want to see the dogs obviously happy and, and they get the best care that they can. So uh, it's a very, very tough disease to deal with. And I, I think the biggest thing for me is you just got to really have a strong, positive mind to get through it because I will probably go through more bad days than I do good days, but it's just, it's part of life and it's just, it's just a learning lesson that I have to deal with. And obviously, you know, diabetes is like with cancer or any other, you know, disease, it's just something you got to just really stay strong about and make the best of it and uh, do what works best for you. How does diabetes affect you when you run dogs? Um... Well, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here, obviously, which I always am. 
I, I don't take care of the best of myself out there uh, because you're not getting enough sleep. Um, I kind of eat a lot of junk food, basically just to keep my sugars up and like for energy. So I, I do manage it. This last I did a ride, I, I had a, a CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor. And what that did, what that does is it it shows you what your blood sugar is pretty much all the time. So it's kind of like a little device. It's a little bit smaller than an, uh, like an iPhone and a little bit thicker. And what it does is it shows like your pattern of if your sugars are 100, if they're 80, if they're 90. And then it has, it's really great technology. It has like a little arrow that'll tell you if you're, it senses that your, if your sugars are raising higher. So if they are going higher, I'll either run more along this sled or I'll give myself a little bit more insulin to get my sugars down because obviously you don't want to have a high blood sugar of five or 600, which I've had during my Diderod. Um, and then it'll show you also like if you're going too low. So let's say if your sugars are down to like 40, you know, obviously it says like significant low and then I'll like, what I usually do is have jelly beans on. That's your fastest way to raise your blood sugar is, is, is probably jelly beans. Anything that's kind of gummy and sugary, it, I mean, like eating a cookie or orange juice, it's not going to get into your body as quick. So I've kind of learned that. Um, just I tr do a lot of trial and error before I go out and I did a ride to see what works best for me. But And I eat like a lot of vegetables and protein out there and stuff. Um, pretty much just to manage my sugars better. I think this year was probably the, the better year for me because um, I'm learning each year like what works best for me and if I run for 20 minutes, what it does with my sugars. So the big thing is then I did a ride is you're not getting you know, a good amount of sleep at the checkpoints and you're kind of, your whole schedule is off from like my schedule right now is obviously different than when I go on a Iditarod. So it's definitely a lot harder to manage while you're on Iditarod, but it's, it's definitely doable. How do you manage your, to treat your type 1 diabetes while on the trail? Um, basically, pretty much what I, what I said in the last thing. Um, just manage it uh, like the best you can and obviously keep like sugary foods like in your pocket or in your sled bag and um, just monitor it either with a glucose meter or a test meter. So I carry several of each just in case one malfunctions or freezes up or whatnot. Have you ever had any bad experiences with your diabetes while out running dogs? Uh, nothing that was really like, I would say that that bad. Um, I've had some pretty, pretty lows. Like I remember on the, um, I believe it was a Northern Lights 300, I had a low of 25 and most people would probably be, would have passed out by then. And I felt a hundred percent fine until I tested myself. And, and so I was really worried there. I, I like ate everything and anything I possibly could just to get my sugars up. Um, but I've never passed out before or anything. There was one time and I did a ride where we were going from Chatula to Koyak and we were in a really, really bad windstorm. And I don't know if I was just tired or maybe I had um, really low blood sugar or high blood sugar. 
at that time my meter was froze up, so I, I didn't know what I was, and we had stopped and we had camped pretty much, I think, halfway through. And I remember Justin Savitas came up um, behind us, and he woke me up and uh, he said I seemed pretty out of it, so that could have been something diabetic-related. I'm not 100% sure. Um, so I was really glad that he came and, and uh, helped me out because I don't know what would have happened. So I, I can't really say that was diabetic-related, but I there's a 50-50 chance that it was. Um, other than that, everything else is like nothing really that bad. I just keep a really close eye on it, so I kind of know if a problem is going to happen. I take care of it prior to that. Over the 20 years, you have had diabetes. How have you seen this disease and the care for it change? Um, it's, I think it's really come a long way. Um, do I ever think there's going to be a cure for it? Probably not, um, which I hate to say it, but I, I, I don't think so. I know we're getting close to it, I think. I think the meters, the insulin pumps, and... This different technology, I think, is really helping. I know there's like some oral medications or, or that are out there, but for me personally, I, I don't look at, hey, you know, down the road there might be a cure. I just look at, hey, down the road I want to take care of, but you know, take care of myself better. So I'm very, very happy with the technology that um, my doctors have, you know, given me advice on and the type of equipment that I have right now. I, I feel like it's the best right now and obviously yes it could get better but I pretty much just go day by day and say hey this is you know I, I'm, I'm diabetic it is what it is and, I, and I'm just gonna have to deal with it and um, you know obviously I, I wish there would be a cure for it but I, I, I don't know there's we can go on a, a whole day topic on that but I won't go that far <laughs> We know you are not running at the Iditarod this year. Can you talk to us about the cost that goes into running the Iditarod? Absolutely. Um, this year, I, I I was really excited about you know getting some new sponsors, and I had uh, a team of people working on getting some sponsors for me, and they really worked their butt off this year for about three months trying to get you know, a bigger sponsorship, and it really didn't pan out, and. I figure the cost of just running Iditarod is, I mean, the numbers are all over, but anywhere from twenty to 30000 It all depends if you are if you have to get a new sled for Iditarod, if you have to um, lease dogs. Um, so I kind of had a hunch that I would be doing um, this year just because of financial, and I pretty much, you know, work seven days a week when I'm Illinois to make all this happen, and I... Kind of got myself a little financial problem this last year because I signed up not having the funds and I thought that it was all going to pan out. It really didn't. So I'm, I'm still paying some of last year's costs, but it's very costly to keep, you know, a kennel of, right now I have, I think, 26 dogs. In it. That's including some retired dogs. And it's just the everyday care, the costs, um, the vet bills, if you have to spade or neuter any dogs. Uh, last year we had a couple injuries, so that kind of um, added up to the expense and just everyday, you know, feeding of the dogs and dog booties and lines and harnesses and things like that that really uh, adds to the cost. So 
I decided not to run this year, you know, for that reason. I didn't want to dig myself a bigger hole. And I, I know it disappoints me a little bit because I feel like I failed of not getting to that starting line. But I started looking at a lot of the other mushers' files and stuff, and, you know, a lot of them have really big sponsors or they'll run every other year so they can get their finances in order. So in a way, after I look at all this, uh, I think it's the best decision for me and the team, and, and uh, I'm actually excited to just concentrate on, on training all the dogs this year and having fun doing the shorter races and uh, possibly, you know, volunteering for Iditarod as either a race judge or a checker or wherever they might be able to use me out there on the trail. So I think it'd be nice to sit back this year and kind of see the background of Iditarod that I haven't seen as like a volunteer. I've seen it as a fan. I've seen it as a musher, but I think it would be neat to see how all the, the background of, of I did around athletes. What races are you running this year? Um, we signed up for the Knick 200 and the Willow 300. And I'm, I really, really hope they happen this year. Last year they were both canceled um, due to the weather uh, conditions and a lot of open water. Uh, especially on the rivers and stuff since you know last year we're doing a lot of river running and some of them were really frozen over enough or they had a lot of soft spots in there and obviously the more teams that go over it it gets weakened more and more so i think they made the best decisions you know obviously for the safety of the dogs and the, and the mushers um cannot run those but like today we're they're supposed to start raining this afternoon and be like 40 degrees here. And we just got like eight inches of snow on Saturday, which is great. But then now it's probably going to start melting here, which it did a little bit last night. The temperature warmed up. But Alaska's temperatures have really changed the last several years. Uh, I remember the first time I came up in 2010, we had like 110 inches of snow here, which was a large amount. And now we're down to like maybe 25 inches a year. So it's definitely affecting i think sled dog racing and uh probably like new groups of mushers maybe up and coming i think because they see the weather's not happening races ain't happening so it's harder for them to do qualifying the next part of our show is what we call lightning round we have five questions for you to answer as quick as you can ready sure classical or country music uh country Landscaping or mushing? Uh, I'd say mushing. Illinois or Alaska? I'd say Illinois, this one. What's your favorite food? Uh, pizza. What's your favorite dog? Um, obviously husky, but I would say brown. What is your go-to song on the trail? I'll go to, I don't listen to music on the trail. Finally, who are three people who you think would be great guests on our show? Um, I would say probably uh, Martin Booster would be a good one because he's got a lot, a lot of knowledge. Um, Jeff Beater and Chief. Probably Ellie Zirkel. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. We appreciate it. Sure. You're very welcome, and I appreciate you guys considering me and, and talking to me today, and 
Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Special thanks to our guest, Charlie Benya, for being on our show this week. Subscribe to us on iTunes and tune in next week. We would also like to give credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, the Ida Derod Trail song. And now enjoy a clip from Randy and Amaya's favorite song, Sweater Weather. <laughs>